2: And enjoy All right everybody this is in Liberty and Health. I got a very very special guest with me today someone I've been looking forward to uh, speaking to for quite a while now Mr. Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown. How you doing brother?
0: I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Kyle. Uh, always always good to meet new people. So I'm sure we're gonna have a great combo. Thanks for having me.
2: Awesome. Of course. Well, I uh I wasn't gonna ask you it, but I'm gonna ask you it anyways. Um are you ready to spit that hot liberty fire and lift some heavy <laughs> shit?
0: <laughs> uh in the in the great uh lineage of Dave Smith, I will I will do my best to bring the fire to this topic. Yes.
2: Ah, uh, dude, every single shy I hear you on. Um I wanted to watch you on Tim Cast, but I just didn't get around to it yet. But uh, on your own podcast and every single other podcast I've seen you on, you've always done a killer job with it. On the way home, I was well, thank with you, you on uh, Lines of Liberty, so hell yeah,
0: yeah, thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, on uh, on Timcast. I made the mistake of re-listening to The Creature from Jekyll Island on audio podcast because they they flew me from San Diego to D.C. to go, you know, live in studio. Mm-hmm. So I had like six hours to kill. So I, I listened to the first couple chapters of that book, and I walked in there and like. I couldn't help myself. Every single topic they brought up, I pivoted to the federal reserve. I I was, I was relentless.
1: Well,
2: you know what? I can't fault you for that though. I'm going to watch tomorrow morning. I promise. But (laughs) it, it really is the fault of everything that's going on now, because if, they, if there was no Federal Reserve, they couldn't monetize debts because you know there's no way in hell you could go to the populace and tell them, look, we're going to have to steal exorbitant amounts of money off of you to fund all this crazy shit we want to do, right? Last year, 2020, if you looked at Rand Paul's Festivus report, $10 million for pop bottles that were supposed to be COVID test tubes. Do you oh, think sure. the average taxpayer would want to pay for that shit?
0: Well, the, I mean, yeah, that's certainly a problem that it's, <laughs> that it's wasteful spending, but but the truth is, you're right. And and the reason that I pivot from everything back to the Federal Reserve is because with without the capacity to print and borrow infinitely, they couldn't have locked down the economy. We would have had just an absolute catastrophe. It would have been an immediate worldwide depression to even try it. But they have central banks across the planet that allowed them to paper over that crater that they created. And now we're paying for it via inflation as opposed to, you know, what we should have paid for it was immense pain right away and had we had that immense pain it couldn't have persisted for two years and this is why even though it sounds very i don't know archaic and and uh you know i don't know bearish hoity-toity to to pivot everything to the federal reserve but it's the truth like that's that is the root of basically all evil in this country so i i had to bring it up a lot and uh, i don't know if i'll get invited on timcast again because (laughs) i did it but we'll see
2: (laughs) Nah, no, I did. I'm sure you will. And even if you don't, you got your own platform and you go on plenty of other platforms that yeah, are uh, yeah. right for the messaging. Um, you know what, since we're kind of here, let me pull up a little, we'll do a little, uh, screen share here. I want to, uh, share something. All right, perfect. It went right to it. Uh, let me know if you can hear this. You know what I'm going to play, right?
0: Oh yeah. Of course. My boy <laughs> Reed tweeted it out. I know it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tweeted it out too. So let's just listen to this real quick for anybody that didn't catch it. Um, can you hear that
0: uh no okay
2: i don't know all right well you know what? we'll uh we'll skip over it oh man what a flop i'm so sorry but about that if you
0: if you go back to the screen share and then when it comes up it it gives you an option to hit uh share with audio i think you have to select that advanced sharing options
2: oh my god on my own show, here I am flopping.
0: <laughs> it's okay, uh, it happens to everybody, it's, it's not very easy.
2: Oh my God. Share sound, there we go. All right, let's try this again.
1: We saved tens of millions of lives worldwide. We, to- Is that good? Yep. Together, cool. all of us, not me, we. We got a vaccine done, three vaccines done, and tremendous therapeutics like Regeneron and other things that have saved a lot of lives. We got a vaccine done in less than nine months that was supposed to take from five to 12 years. Because of that vaccine, because of that vaccine, millions and millions of people, I think this would have been the Spanish flu of 1917 where up to 100 million people died. This was going to ravage the country far beyond what it is right now. Take credit for it. Take credit for it. It's a great, what we've done is historic don't let them take it away don't take it away from ourselves you're playing that you're playing right into their hands when you sort of like oh the vaccine if you don't want to take it you shouldn't be forced to take it no mandates but take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives take credit don't let them take that away from you
2: okay so the president may all right I can't listen to it anymore it's uh, it's fucking we get the horrible. point yeah yeah it, it's
1: it's atrocious it,
2: and T- to continue on that and then i, I want to hear your thoughts on this uh you could see this right mm-hmm. yep all right i just want to make sure we're all good um we'll read from this real quick our vaccines work against omicron especially for people who get booster shots when they're eligible if you're vaccinated you could test positive but if you do get covid your case will likely be asymptomatic or mild we're intent on not letting omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated you've done the right thing and we will get through this for the line that everybody shared for the unvaccinated you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves your families and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm
0: dude it's a threat i mean i I don't know how to read it as anything other than a threat and and it's so it's so detached from from the science too especially given the amount of breakthrough cases that we're experiencing or witnessing it's like breakthrough cases I don't even like using that terminology it's like okay if it's a breakthrough case it didn't work it didn't work for those people so at some point and I think I think that the uh, I saw someone tweeted out today I still haven't verified it yet but his his diagnosis was that he believes that there are more breakthrough cases than there are cases amongst the unvaccinated and given how many people have been vaccinated that could be true um, and and I think I mean i, I are we going to be on YouTube I don't want to get your channel note
2: no, oh, dude, no, go ahead. Even if it does okay.
0: it does. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, from my read of everything, just being perfectly honest, I don't think that the vaccine really works. I don't. I think it 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 has very minimal short-term added protection, but it's also paired with a very significant increase in susceptibility in the very near term cuz in the in the 2 weeks post-vaccination, your immune system actually depletes and you become more prone to catching COVID. I had a, a girlfriend of mine that got it um, right after she got the vaccine. And, and she was like one of those people that kind of hesitantly got it, didn't wasn't really on board, but was like, well, I want to be around my family for the holidays and shit. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Boom. Three days later after she gets it, she gets COVID. And, and uh, there's stories like this are abundant. I mean, they're all over the place. And and the fact that they're mandating it, and that that they're banning us from every platform—YouTube, Twitter, everywhere else—if we bring it up, is to me, it's further evidence that there's something extraordinarily nefarious about all this. Because if your if your purpose is health and safety, and and trying to rebuild trust in the medical community, the experts, what are you doing? I mean, you're you're absolutely demolishing it for anyone with even a semblance of rational capacity to think, and. Fortunately, we still have a decent amount of people in this country that can think rationally, and they're starting to see through the charade. And I'm grateful for it. It's fucking takes way too long, but uh, you know, I think I think that we're we're starting to have more and more people, especially as it goes to three, four, five shots to to get um, you know quote unquote full full uh, vaccination status. Uh, this is all it's all just so transparently tyrannical, fraudulent, unscientific. I mean. I, I, I'm, I'm exhausted even thinking about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, dude, did. And, and it is very exhausting to think about. Um, I have a podcast kind of saved in the bank that I record by myself, but if you look at the studies on this stuff, um, basically COVID replicates within your fat cells, right? And what happened within the last year, childhood obesity went up by like 25%. Everybody on average, I think gained 20 pounds in the United States. Now me, I got leaner. I got in better shape over the last nice. two years. Thank you. And
0: it's i put i put on five pounds since i got a girlfriend but she's just such a good cook you know now nah, well
2: well you know what? maybe that's the benefit that my fiance doesn't cook and i do all the cooking <laughs>
1: <There> <laughs> and, you go. and
2: i'm like okay at it i could smoke and grill stuff but you know like when it when it comes to the sweet junk thankfully i'm not good at that shit, and i'm actually pretty good at saying no i'm not gonna eat a whole tub of ice cream but uh so basically your fat cells serve as a reservoir for COVID, and there was an article going around that everybody was sharing about this so basically when you're more obese. And I'm not, let me preface this by saying I'm not fat shaming people. Who, if you're obese, you're not a bad person. You can change. Uh, I'm putting out information there. So You might you be
0: can, a bad person, but it doesn't make you one.
2: Right, right. Well, <laughs> yeah. <the laughs> caveat being, if you're obese, I want to do everything I can to help you if you want to be helped. If you don't want to be helped, that's fine. But right. the other side of this is that you need to accept that you are putting yourself at greater risk of COVID over or um, greater you know, mortality outcome, it's, it's just not good. But if that's the way you want to live, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But, you know, in the mainstream news, you never heard a word about this, that obese people spread disease more, they spread more virulent disease, and they have worse cases of COVID. And their COVID typically does, you know, wallops them, it really fucks them up. So yeah. you know, my fiance and I are both relatively healthy, we had COVID back in late March, early April dude, it was like a breeze. It wasn't a big deal at all. I I felt like crap. Doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like crap for a couple days and all of a sudden I lost my taste and smell and I was back to normal. That was it. But, um, kind of my purpose of this large tirade here is that I think there's a loss of trust in the media. I I mean, it's completely obvious. And as much as I despise Trump, I think he should be thrown in a cage for the rest of his life and the key thrown out. Um, he did do a good job of making people lose faith in the media. So my whole question to you, and where I wanna pivot from this, is that you heard some people booing Trump in that video, and he got booed at a rally in Alabama. Um, The Democrats are just horrible. There's no redeeming qualities there. I mean, you can give Joe Biden credit for ending the war in Afghanistan, but most people don't see that as a good thing anymore because it it was so botched. Um, 2022, 2024, The message of liberty, I think, is going to be huge. I think there's a huge appetite for it if we can just, you know, get the right people out there. And I know that's kind of the conservative excuse for government, but I really think it's different. I think these next two to three years are going to be huge in the message of liberty. Um, Do you feel the same way? And, you know, what are your kind of thoughts on that?
0: Absolutely. I mean, and and I I have my own bias, which I have to disclose up front, is that I started my show, you know, 18 months ago, and it's exploded in popularity. And I've had a lot of people give me, you know, words of affirmation and praise. And so I'm biased because I, I have had, um, there's obviously an appetite for someone who's willing to speak boldly and honestly and talk all about liberty 24-7. Um, so that, that makes me feel as if maybe there's more of an appetite for it than there might actually be. I, so let me just start by saying- Self-selection. This. Yeah, exactly. All that, all that being said, though, um, I think that the fact that my show was so successful so quickly uh, shows that there is a real market demand, even though it's a small one. I mean, I'm not, I'm not huge or anything, but it, it, it definitely shows that, especially amongst the Libertarian Party people, uh, they, they failed. They failed in their messaging. They didn't come out boldly against lockdowns or anything, basically, the entire first year of, of the COVID hysteria. And and because of that, it left a void for people like me. And anytime you see a void, that means that there's there's a reason that you know people have have failed in doing their job and their job as messengers for liberty. The Libertarian Party um, that should be first and foremost. That you should be absolutely on the front lines of all of this. And I'm grateful to see people like Angela McCardle and mm-hmm. Spike Cohen and Dave Smith and all these people that are that are. Coming to the top of the whatever this new iteration of the Libertarian Party is. Now, all of that being said, um, I'm not hopeful that Dave Smith's going to be president in 2024. I, I love the guy. I think the world of him. I think if he were to be put on the debate stage against Joe Biden and Trump or whoever, uh, we might we might actually have a chance. It's not going to happen. They're not going to allow him to do that. So the best we can hope for is to have a really bold, courageous. Intelligent, persuasive messenger. Dave checks all of those boxes. Go on the biggest alternative platforms, which are now as big as most mainstream news, at least when it comes to. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I was saying cumulatively, cumulatively, (laughs) cumulatively they're bigger, um, or or very comparable. You know, Joe Rogan experience versus like every nightly news show combined is pretty comparable. So it's uh, I, I I'm very hopeful that that because. There is, so, there is such a terrible lack of courage amongst modern American politicians that it will allow for very fringe people to get a huge microphone and, and have a lot of people have their ears perk up because there are so many people in this country that feel unrepresented by both parties and they feel like no one has, has really fought for them when it came to their liberty over the past two years. And they're right. They're fucking right. No one fought for them. No one with any power fought for them, at least. Um, and that includes Donald Trump. And let me give a quick destruction of him. His ego prevents him from saying the right thing. He, he knows that the vaccines are tremendously unpopular amongst his base. But because he fast-tracked it with Operation Warp Speed, he has to stand on the vaccine and claim responsibility for it and claim how good it is and how many lives it saved, because he feels as if he deserves credit for it. So the fact that his base hates it, he has, to, he has to try and pivot it because he has to defend his ego because he can't admit any mistakes. And, and the mistake was not the vaccine and not fast, fast tracking it. I'm totally fine with that. I don't even want the FDA to be in, involved in approving uh, these things. But his mistake was that he basically, he, he allowed Fauci and the lockdown zealots to fucking strip us of all of our liberty for a year and a half and he presided over the first half of it. So fuck him forever. And and if he expects anyone that values liberty to to support him moving forward, he's out of his mind. Like, and I understand he's far better than Biden. So like, don't get it twisted. He's way better than Biden. <laughs> Will I cast a vote for him? Absolutely not. Never. If you if you lock me in my house or permit someone to lock me in my house and then put the guy who who propagandized an entire nation on front stage you know front and center for an entire summer during the early pandemic every single day that piece of shit was up there with Trump patting him on the back you know basically green lighting everything he had to say call,
2: call me tony he said call me tony
0: yeah there you all go right, right, so fuck them all and and fuck him particularly because he gets to he gets to have it both ways he gets to pretend as if oh Fauci's such a tyrant you could have fired his ass you could have fired his ass the day before you left he never did He never pushed for it. He never moved towards it. And and now his defense of it is, oh, but had I done that, then the left would have blamed me. They were going to blame you anyways, you absolute moron. And we all know that. And I think he knows it. So I just think it's a lie at that point. He didn't want to fire him because for whatever reason, he felt like this was the path. He had been, he had been propagandized. That's my estimation of a lot of people think, oh, he's an operator and that he, uh, You know he's he's the same as Joe Biden. All these people. I don't actually think that. I think he is an outsider that was manipulated because he's not that bright. And I know that sounds mean, but that's my opinion. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see that I think in the future we'll we'll find out if he runs again and he actually fixes some of the things that that he really fucked up on. I'll eat my words. But as of now, um, I don't want to see him run again. I I think we need new blood and we need people that actually value liberty uh, because that's that's what we desperately need.
2: Well, you know, I've heard Dave talk about it a lot. And I think he was right that the populist right and Trump kind of sucked all the air out of the room when it came to the liberty movement, because you had the great Ron Paul for 2008, 2012, and all these people were amped up. And, you know, I'm not going to bash Ron Paul here, but, you know, what, what did he say when people asked him, you know, what should we do? He said, well, do whatever you want. So he was great at getting everybody amped up, but there was no direction. Well, Trump Mm -hmm. came along and said, look, these people are screwing you and I'm going to drain the swamp and I'm going to blame Mexico and I'm going to blame China and I'm going to make America great again. He gave people something to rally behind. But the thing that these guys had in common, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast to really start bringing more culture to libertarianism is because they made it fun to be in politics. When you go to a Trump rally, you see, you know, pictures of Trump rallies, there's 50,000 people there. They're having a fucking blast you yep. hear these stories about the Ron Paul revolution where people are going around towns, and you know, painting the town wrong or whatever, like, dude, that's a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. people love that. This is what people want. People want a revolution. And that's what those yep. two represented. And once again, if we can do that, then I think we can at least get closer to winning or even win by capturing the culture. And this is what the political left has been so good at. They permeated, you know, music, Hollywood, you name it. They permeated it. They took it over. And then the culture went and so did the politics. That's what yep. we need to do. And that's what I'm trying to bring to the libertarian world. And I think you and the Tower power hour, uh, yeah, tower, <laughs> yeah, gang, power yeah, tower gang. Yeah. You guys are doing a great job of that. And I think if we keep just pushing it and keep getting this message out, I, like I said, I think there's huge appetite for it. And I think we can wake a lot of people up. And I think that, um, people on a local level will start doing great things it's oh you
0: there's no doubt you're right i mean this is the whole reason i do tower gang is i mean my show liberty lockdown is is significantly bigger than tower gang but i do tower gang because it appeals to a totally different audience i want i want it to be fun you know liberty lockdown is my my outlet for venting violently you know (laughs) verbally violently (laughs) um whereas whereas tower gang is like we're going to talk shit and we're going to have fun with the guys and we're going to make inappropriate jokes. And we're going to like, we're just going to be what used to be, you know, slightly edgy humor, which is now completely uh, disallowed and bannable. Um, and that's, you know, there's, there, again, there's a market demand for that. And and I think that, that when you get to see what freedom actually looks like, freedom is telling bad jokes. I mean, that is, that is freedom. And, yeah. and it's, it's now, it's now basically taboo to do so and i personally as a fan of comedy i'm not a co- i'm not a comedian but i just love comedy and i love to je- joke and i love to say terrible shit and i love to push the envelope um, so i just think that like it was such a natural fit for me when i found these guys they're all so autistic and so funny and i was like <laughs> this is perfect and and they're they're smart too i mean they and they get libertarianism and they and they're good people and and it's tragic because I don't know if you followed any of the drama lately, but we're getting accused yeah, of all sorts bit. of terrible things, doxing people and doing all sorts of shit that I know for a fact, none of us had any part in. Um, but it's, you know, this is this is what comes with the territory. You start to make inappropriate jokes and all of a sudden people are out to get you, even in the yeah. liber- liberty sphere. Um, it's, really, it's really sad, but I don't care. You know, like the, the good thing about being in the position I am, uh, you know, financially free and essentially able to retire in my late 30s, I was like, I'm going to do whatever I want. And what I want is to tell the truth and to have fun. Like th- those are the two things. So Liberty Lockdown, I tell the truth. Tower Gang, I have fun. And I'll be damned if anybody's going to stop me. They can they ban me. They can report me. They can do whatever they want, but we'll find ways to stay alive. And uh, I think that that's, that's what we need. We need more shows like yours as well. I mean, this, the culture is tremendously important. I, ultimately, it's going to require a complete revolution, like you said, and yeah. it's going to require us to take over academia, public schooling needs to be abolished. Like everything has to be start basically from ground zero all the way back up. Um, But in the meantime, I'm going to do what I can to reach the remnant and let them know that they have a home. You know, you, you are not this social pariah. You have the right and the ability to laugh at shit and to, and to think critically and to tell the truth. And, and if I, I get DMS from people all the time, you know, both, both thanking me for giving them the courage to do so, but also saying, I can't do what you're doing and I appreciate that you're doing it. Um, I go to work every day and I have to bite my tongue and I hate that. And like, I feel, I feel for them, but simultaneously, like the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is I'm trying to inspire people to go do the same thing. Like I want people to go and tell the truth in their real life to their family, their friends, their employers. Um, it's like, it's not enough just to think these things. Like when you have- a, a silent, which I, I believe in my soul is a silent majority. The only reason it's silent is because it lacks courage. Like you've got it. You've got to tell the truth and you've got to do so boldly. And I'm praying that, you know, as more outlets like mine and yours start to take hold, we can we can inspire more people to be like, OK, maybe maybe it's not so dangerous to tell the truth. Uh, time will tell on that one, though.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I, I love going down this path of optimism
0: because you hear so many people saying, oh, black pill, black
2: pill, black pill. Look, they locked us in our house. Oh, my God. You know, we're all going to die from COVID. Like we're getting it from all ends. But I, I can't share that same that same sentiment. I just don't feel it. And look, if you want to dwell on that, you can do that. But like hell's a pretty deep hole and you can dig pretty far down. And it's easier to make it worse, but to make it better takes a lot of effort. But you know what? We don't know how good things can get if we just keep fucking beating the drums for liberty, if we keep beating the drums for freedom, if we keep spreading this message and waking people up. And I'm seeing it even through my own show, just starting out, you know, not even two months ago. These health people are, are, you know, the health wellness space is very welcoming of this message. And they're kind of like, look, I'm happy I got to go on your show and talk about this stuff. And they don't stop talking. And it's not that I, you know, I would never tell him shut up it's like dude keep going people want to hear this stuff people in your space they probably feel like the way you're saying you know hey i just can't say anything well look the guys that you look up to feel the same way as you do so you need to feel you need to go out and you know have the same courage that they do you need to speak up we all have to speak up because the louder we are and the more you know, passionate we are about liberty, the more likely we are to bring it forth into our lives. So it's it's great to see that people are really resonating with your message. It's great that you know even through my show, people are starting to resonate.
0: Um, absolutely, I mean those, it, those are the those are the the notes of optimism we need. You're absolutely right, especially for the critical thinkers out there that are are aware of how dark and dire everything is. And I'm as aware as anybody. I'm horrified absolutely. at the trajectory we're on. All that being said, though, we also have this countervailing force of the most unbelievable technological boom we've ever experienced in human history that gives us the capacity to have a future that is brighter than anything we can imagine, just as you described it. And, and if you can't find optimism in that you're sleeping, like you're, Mm. you're, you're definitely taking too many black pills like Bitcoin and, and basically any blockchain technology that allows for decentralized tech is, I mean, the greatest godsend potentially technologically we've ever had. And, and yes, it, it's a double-edged sword, and yes, they can use it for a totalitarian takeover of everything. So yes, I'm aware of all of that. But you still have to maintain the the optimistic side that, like, yeah, it, it's really dark, and and it could get really bad from here. Uh, but it could also lead towards a, a, a future that none of us envisioned, that that we dreamt of only. And and I think I think that we actually have a chance of that. And I know it sounds like, even though if you listen to my show you'd probably be like no way this guy thinks that i do though i do if i didn't i wouldn't do my show i would be i would be you know a prepper full-time i would just be <laughs> i'd just be building yeah. bunkers and buying ammo and weaponry and food and everything else and it's like no the reason i do my show is because i know that there's a there's a hope there's an optimism to be had and to be found and, and my audience brings that to me. You know, a lot of people thank me for doing my show. I thank them for listening because the fact that I see my download numbers go up every month is truly inspirational. It's like, man, I am saying what I believe to be true and people are resonating with it and they're appreciative and they're sharing it. Like that tells me a lot, you know, especially when people share it. And some people will tell me like, I have sent your show to every single person I know. Like that's fucking crazy to me, you know? Um, but long story short, don't let all of the, Reasonable reasons to be pessimistic outweigh uh, the fact that like human liberty and that fire that burns within all of us is eternal, and that 's my belief like I believe that we yearn to be free, even those that that want to be enslaved right now, when they are enslaved fully, they will yearn to be free too um, so there's there's re- optimism within a very dark uh, prognosis that I just gave
2: absolutely i i, I couldn 't agree more and like we've pretty much said the entire time, people are definitely hungry for it. And they're looking for this shepherd to lead the sheep, you know, and, and that sounds a little dumb, but people really are looking for that one person to just speak the truth, to wake up the remnant, as you said. And yeah. I, I think there's just so much opportunity for it. And when people are sharing your show, I think they look at you and they say, wow, well, what if I could do that? Because if that was me, you know, six months ago, as I was watching all these podcasts, I'm like, man, I just wanna get out there and I wanna, I really want to bring this forth to people. This is, this is so important. And I've thought about it for years and years and years about doing something because me too, I thought about
0: it for a decade before. Yeah. I I feel you.
2: So So I, you know, um, I've heard you talk about this a lot on your podcast too. And this is another reason why I admire you is that um, people, you know, we need to bring better libertarians to the movement too, right? Like the guy who lives in his mom's basement, who his entire life, is going to his local Libertarian Party meeting to be the treasurer for a county with five members that show up every day. It's like, all right, you know. It's like, what,
0: what do you know about being a treasurer when you haven't even paid a mortgage? You know, right, like,
2: what, it's like, what are you doing? You're doing good work and you should be happy about that. But look, like, why don't you get a girlfriend? Why don't you start a family? Why don't yeah. you get your own house? Like, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm a musician, right? you see all these posters back on my wall? There's shows I played. Um, nice. My band's going to be putting out a CD here soon, our second CD. Um, I'm an athlete. I'm a certified personal trainer. I just deadlifted 500 pounds. I'm a mechanic. My family's been on this for years. Um, you know, my fiance and I are getting married next year. I'm trying to stack up an impressive fucking resume because right. I want to be that guy. You know, I, I don't want to just be a libertarian, right? Because nobody cares about the dude who's just a libertarian right dave smith is you know a uh, a comedian right and he's a podcaster and he's a libertarian right mm-hmm. people come to him from
0: all these different angles so when you have more and, and, inter- and he's a father and a husband and a exactly you know right. and he's got he's got many things yes absolutely. yeah so
2: when you see these guys who have these impressive resumes then you're like wow so they like checked off all the boxes you know these are the people we need to model and it, it doesn't ring hollow. You know, when you have this guy who doesn't have a shit together to go to the Jordan Peterson quote, you know, clean your room before you try to change the world. There's a lot of truth in that. People can brush it on the rug, but you know, you should have your shit together before you go trying to say, oh, well, this is how the economy should run. And you Absolutely. know, this is how the Federal Reserve should be. But you represent that. Dave represents that. Reed Coverdale represents that. All these guys that are coming forth with the Liberty Movement, I think represent, you know, just complete people and that's what we right. need to bring this message forth
0: yeah well and and not just complete people but also people that are interested in self-improvement and mm-hmm. and working on getting better you know absolutely it's like, yeah like i don't want to i don't want to listen to anybody who is content with where they're at you know i want people that are evolving in their thinking and they're you know obviously i want someone who's very principled but at the same time like i disagree with dave sometimes like i i thought yeah. that his, his take on the, uh, you know, unleashing the police when it came to the Black Lives Matter riots, uh, the, the way he phrased it concerned me. Uh, we've talked about it and, and we've hashed it out and I, I get his perspective now. But at the time I was like, holy shit, dude, like, you know, as someone who's not a big fan of the police, I was like, whoa, what are you, what are you saying? Um, so it's like, it's not, it's not that I want someone to be exactly ideologically pure with me. I want them to be evolving but think i want to see that they're thinking um and and with a lot of people you can't see that you know it's like like people will be mad at me if i if i change my opinion on something like i've I've made my my prediction early on which probably launched my career was that i thought that we were going to have a huge recession from the lockdowns right away and i at the time i didn't expect them to print seven trillion dollars so i was wrong in my prediction because i didn't think that they could do that and they did So then I started to predict inflation paired with a potential for a deflationary collapse. And I may be wrong on that, too. But it's like people know that I'm telling the truth, at least. You know, whether or not I'm right or wrong, I'm telling the truth. So there's there's honesty paired with it. But then there's also back to your point. It's like I want someone who I can aspire to be. So if if they are not doing shit with their life, I don't really care what you have to say. And I know that sounds rude. But it's the truth. Like, if you're not if you're not practicing it, if you haven't improved your life with your belief system, maybe there's no merit to it. You know, like you you may have all the right ideas, but if you wake up every day and you eat shit and you don't work out and you don't, you know, you don't produce anything for the world, it's like, what do I care what you have to say, man? Like, you got to live this shit. I lived this shit before I ever started talking about it. And the reason I'm financially free is because I mean what I say. When I say I want to be free. Financial freedom is part of that. And, and to be free when it comes to my health, you have to be in good shape. You have to have health to be free from medical tyranny too. It's like all of this is part of it. All of it is part of being a well-rounded person as you describe it. And, and absolutely. I mean, we need to bring in people like that. We need, and, and I know this, this may upset any female listeners, but we need strong men. Like that's what we need right now, because we're in a very dark time. And, And we need strong women too. Don't get me wrong. Like we absolutely do. But what we really, really need is strong fucking men. Like we need strong men who are not going to take no for an answer. We're going to demand their liberty back and mean it when they say it and mean it with their entire fucking being and be willing to sacrifice everything for it. Because if we have enough that say that and mean it, we might not have to sacrifice ourselves. And and that's my hope because I don't want war. I'm a peaceful person. But if we can't get enough people that feel the way you and I do. That are willing to actually risk something and say it with their entire soul. We're gonna have fucking dark times. Um, so that's that's probably why I'm so fired up and inspired every time I hit record on my show. Is like there's a level of urgency that comes with all this that I feel very deeply, and it's not performative. Like I I feel that we are on a ticking time bomb, and it's societal collapse at the end of that explosion, and no matter how financially free or in good shape I am or anything else, societal implosion is going to fucking affect everybody. Um, so I'm doing everything in my power to not just make that the reality, but also bring in more voices that can do the same thing. Cause we need them desperately.
2: 100%. And the note about masculinity, that is so very important because we've seen over the last, you know, 15 years with the rise of these crazy feminists, and it seems to kind of gone by the wayside recently, but you know, and this is gonna upset some people, but you know, when you have this monstrous welfare state that pushes out fathers from their moral and financial obligation to be fathers and to be good men, it's terrible and the results downstream of that are just absolutely horrid. I mean, even Obama talked about that. Obama said some of the (laughs) stats on fatherless homes. I mean, it's horrible, but you're absolutely right, is that we need strong men who are not going to tolerate their liberties taken away, who are not going to tolerate this woke bullshit, you know, strong men who are going to stand up for what this country is meant to be. Mm -hmm. That's what we
0: need. And not fake strong men like Donald Trump, who, Who talked about Liberty and and hesitantly allowed the entire country to get locked down under a government or a governor decree. Like, no, we need real strong men that like, and, you know, say whatever you will about the negatives to DeSantis. And there's plenty to say. But when when he shifted from his very brief lockdowns in Florida back into like full blown, you know, radical liberty mode, that dude was that dude was everything. And and like I'm not saying I want him to be president because I think he'd be a disaster on foreign policy, but I'm saying we we need a guy like that, a guy that is is going to be willing to buck the trend, tell the truth, pay the price, get dragged mercilessly by the media and and not give a fuck. Like that's that's what I'm looking for. And I know Dave Smith's that guy. I know it. A fact, so um, you know, whether or not he can be president, I don't know, but regardless, I want a dude like that that's messaging for us, and I know Dave doesn't even want the job, so uh, I don't know if he's going to do it or not, but if he does, he's going to do an amazing job at it. I think you will see that type of optimism and fire that you talked about with the Ron Paul revolution and the the Trump campaigns. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting times ahead.
2: Well, yeah, but you know, speaking of Ron Paul as well if you listen to the rudy giuliani moment the moment that made ron paul ron paul for a lot of people look at how he acted he did not back down for a second in front of a debate stage that was booing him thousands of people And, and you know i don't think the average under or the average person understands what that's like look i've played probably well over 100 shows and i played my band opened up for steel panther last year right Over a 1,000 people sold out. I don't think anybody understands, unless they've been there, what it's like to be in front of a 1,000 people. Now, just imagine every single one of those people pretty much giving you the finger and telling you that you (laughs) suck. Ron Paul stood there and took it, and he kept going. He pushed the point because he knew that was the truth. That's the kind of energy that we need. That's the kind of energy that Dave has. That's what we need from men in this country is that they're willing to stand up and say the unpopular things because they know it's true and because they know it's not what people want to hear, but it's what they need to hear. And that's yeah.
0: exactly what Ron Paul
2: represented back well,
0: then. And, and consider that if not for that Ron Paul, Rudy Giuliani moment, Dave Smith doesn't exist. That, exactly. He has said many times that he was a leftist mm-hmm. prior to, see, to witnessing that. And if not for Dave Smith going on Joe Rogan, I probably don't do my show, you know, and God knows how many people have started a show because they listen to mine. It's like this butterfly effect is enormous and people totally downplay it. And they don't talk about it enough. And they say, Oh, what did Ron Paul accomplish? Ron Paul accomplished a lot. He woke up millions of people and those millions of people are going to wake up millions more. And Dave has the opportunity to wake up. God knows how many millions more that will wake up. God knows how many millions more and blah, 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 blah. You get it. So yeah. That, like, whether or not he had any, uh, he didn't stem the tide of totalitarianism in his lifetime, sure. But the fact that he was courageous in that moment, being booed, willing to say that, you know, we we own some of the culpability when it comes to getting attacked on 9 11, mm-hmm. that was important. That's an important message to get to the GOP, particularly because yes. they're the ones that believe that the warfare state is sacrosanct and you can't talk bad about it. And he was like, fuck all that. I know the truth and I'm going to tell it. And he did. And he not only did he do it, but he shifted the audience in real time. He got boos and he turned them into cheers. You don't do that in modern American politics, almost ever. Um, so, And the reason you don't is because no one has the courage and no one tells the truth when it's unpopular. So I, I am super optimistic about Dave running because I know he will have many of those moments and he will tell it extremely honestly and fire back with, with vigor. And God, I almost said the wrong word there. I thought I was in talking <laughs> for a second. Uh, <laughs> you're good. You're good. Yeah.
2: But you know what? It's like they're right for the picking at this point because nobody yep. trusts the mainstream news. Everybody goes to Joe Rogan to watch yep. their podcast. Everybody's into alternative media now. Um, and, and, you know, like Ben Shapiro and Steven Crowder are the biggest n- names on the right wing and everybody listens to them. They're dog shit on a majority of issues and they would suck. Yep trump's dick if they told him to pretty much but you know what the thing there is is that you know dave can get on joe Rogan, he can talk to those kind of people and he can slap the shit out of their logic like this just like any of us could and he can appeal to those people and maybe that's what some of those people need is to be metaphorically slapped and then you know some of his listener or you know some of their listenership hears that says you know, maybe we aren't star spangly awesomeness as uh, Shane Hazel would say, right? Right, Maybe we did, you know, entice some of this stuff that's coming to our shores now. So I, like I said, I just can't um, stop thinking about how, you know, how much opportunity there is here in the coming years. And especially, you know, done at a local level. Um, When you have people like us who get involved in their community and talk to people at a local level, then you know that's kind of how you generate that movement because you know what did ron paul do he delivered thousands and thousands of babies and then guess what they all grew up and they said hey we like you we respect you he built capital with those people they looked at him as a leader because he developed that capital and because he was competent and they all voted him in well we can all do that same thing and i think that's happening here in pennsylvania alone um there's over 150 elected libertarians granted they're like smaller seats and stuff like that sure. but we don't know what that looks like a couple years down the line if this keeps growing and growing and growing and once again these are all people of their community they went to their yep. community they had good votes um the one guy out of my podcast he was I want to say he's my age so he's like 27 28 he ran for mayor he almost beat an incumbent right and this is a guy once again of his community so what happens if we keep doing this what happens if we keep playing this game
0: could we yeah, see a libertarian
2: but- in the white house
0: Oh yeah. No, we we absolutely can. Like I, I when I when I said I was pessimistic about Dave being president in 2024, yeah. it's just it's just too soon. Oh yeah, no, I, no, I, I agree. Just, yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't think that he can get that that amount of a shift. We can't go from two percent to forty percent. Like exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't see it. But I do I do think it's possible we go from two to eight, you know, like that's and and if you're if you ever pull eight as a libertarian presidential candidate, it's like the duopoly is on notice. Like we're coming. We're not a fucking joke anymore. We're the real deal, and and it could happen. We're the Trump down
2: the mainstream media.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could it could absolutely happen. The next go around, it could be twenty, and then the next go around, it could be thirty something, and you could really start to break the duopoly. and And that's what we need. Like, granted, you know, a lot of hardcore anarchists will be like, "Oh, so you want a triopoly? Like, who gives a fuck?" Well, it matters. You know, it does matter that we have further options, and most importantly, that the duopoly doesn't feel like they are. Protected you know like at, at this point They all know because the the American Mentality is well if I don't vote for D Or R I'm throwing my vote away like That's what they think and if you can ever Get it to the point where that's not the way People think uh, yeah shit can Change really really rapidly and most Importantly we will have sway Over the the DNR Candidates because they'll know Like if you don't if you don't listen to Our demands you're not going to yeah. Fucking win like and and that's the problem With the Republican Party is that for too long They have taken for granted the libertarian vote, and I think that that'll change. I think that they are going to have to run someone like DeSantis uh, or whoever else that's super anti-lockdown to have any chance of libertarians voting for them, and that's powerful. Um, So we'll see. Well, you know what, to kind of tack on
2: there, if you look at what Shane Hazel did— I really admire that, and a lot of people will poo-poo him, and he's probably the most hated dude from the GOP perspective, but let's think about that, he didn't campaign, he didn't spend any money, but he got 115,000 votes, Rand Paul, Mike Lee, you name the Republican pretty much, they were calling Shane to get him to endorse um, Purdue, right, that's, what he got like 2% of the vote. So now, like you were saying earlier, imagine what happens if we get 8%. These guys are panicking, but you know what? That's a very, very powerful position because you know what we could do? We tell them, look, you better fucking fix your act up. You better do what we want or else I will make sure you lose every time from here on out. You will never win another election again if you are not good on all these issues. So either you, you fix your fucking act or you lose every single time. And that's the way, it's gotta be or else look, get the fuck out of the way and let's get some real work done. And look, if you're a libertarian and you get elected and you flop every single time, get the fuck out of the way. And if there's a Republican who's better than you, he belongs he belongs to better than you. I have no party loyalty. I'm little to principles. Yeah. I don't care about the Libertarian Party. I don't care about the Republican Party. I don't care about the Democrat Party. Same. Whoever I, aligns. I with, yeah. Whoever aligns with my values who's gonna get the stuff that I want done, done, you get my vote. It just so happens typically it's a libertarian party but once again if you're not going to be good on this stuff get out of the way you know there is no more well lesser two evils and let's just wait for them oh well only if we get our good guy in here no done no more and this is the way that every person republican democrat libertarian needs to be we need to hold the people that we vote in and we need to hold their feet to the flame and that's the way it has to be going forward
0: it has to and i mean we've seen what has happened because we didn't do that for too mm-hmm. long and and we've also seen, you know, I, I don't know if you're at all familiar with kind of internal libertarian politics, but Nick oh. Sarwalk was the chair and he and he presided over the Gary Johnson and Joe Jorgensen campaigns essentially mm-hmm. and and because they increased in vote tallies, he took a big, you know victory lap. like, look at me, i I've fucking revolutionized libertarianism and and that's a problem. like when you when you put up candidates that aren't great, you shouldn't get, Record votes, like the Libertarians should have withheld their votes, especially from from. Uh, well, actually, from either of those campaigns, I think they were pretty comparable in in their pluses and minuses. That, yeah, yeah, n- neither were great. Um, but but my point in all this is to say that you know you you have to let your party apparatus know that your vote is not a guarantee, and that includes the Libertarians. So if they don't put up some like if say say Dave runs and he doesn't get the nomination they put up someone else. I mean if it was Spike Cohen I'd probably support him still but I'm saying if it was some lesser known if it was Berman Supreme or something and God bless him but no no thank you. Um, I want I want a serious candidate that can actually revolutionize this party and give us an opportunity at real political power to stem the tide of totalitarianism. Like that's what we're facing. It's not a fucking joke. We're not trying to like be the third party and you know get 5% of the vote for the rest of our existence. Like no. I'm here to stop what's happening. That's what I'm here for. And if a Republican can do it, I will cast my vote in that direction. That's a fact. Now, I don't believe that most Republicans will do it. But if there's a meaningful threat from the Libertarian Party, you're exactly right. We can turn to them and say, and, and the, the ironic part is all it would do would make them be better Republicans. It would make them better on yeah. Second Amendment and more interested in um, you know, diminishing the welfare state and more interested in diminishing the, the warfare state. Like Those are things that are extremely popular amongst the populist right wing movement. So mm-hmm. it, people people want to paint us trying to use the Mises Caucus to create a more powerful libertarian party as a negative. It could actually be a tremendous positive for the for the Republican Party. And until they realize that and start to work with us as opposed to against us, I think they're making a mistake.
2: Right, I agree, and I think that's going to be a very very big thing going forward for the Libertarian Party. And. I don't think that we should look at it as a negative like you said i think that we should appreciate it that um we have someone like marjorie taylor green basically pointing this dynamic out and i kind of poo-pooed her tweets at first but then after i read it again i'm like you know what she's kind of saying what we're saying she's like look yep. you guys need to get your fucking act together and she's right i mean she's probably dog shit on a lot of stuff and i guarantee you she would have you know cheered on trump for all the stimulus spending but you know what, Um, this is kind of where I line up with Tho Bishop. I've had him on my show and um, we talked about this and he sold it to me pretty well. And once again, not that I agree with him 100% on everything, but Mm -hmm. there is something to be said for this populist right movement and the momentum of that. And if you have someone who's a good Austrian, you know, paleo libertarian, who's able to use that momentum and channel it towards, you know, our goals, then I'm not upset. And this has been a uh, point that I've thought about a lot recently. But, you know, if the GOP libertarian guys win, then the libertarians win. If the libertarians win, then the GOP libertarians win because we have the same goals. We just yep. have different vehicles on planning how to get there. So, I, I, you know, I, I like the debates and I'm planning to host one of those debates between Tho and Shane. But, um, nice. you know, it, it's it doesn't have to be like this all out battle. Because no, if you have two of these guys running in the same state, then, you know, they could battle it out on the stage and basically put the Democrat to shame. And then as soon as one of them falls off, or if it looks like one of the other is going to win, they say, all right, well, you know what? You did good, man. You got my endorsement. Um, everybody that I can channel over to you, I'm going to channel over to you. And then at the end of the day, you know, we have a, you know, an <laughs> Well,
0: yeah, that, that's down the road for sure. But I, I think that This is my biggest gripe with, though, is that he he continues to base. Like, I I understand his short term motivation. I think he's making a terrible mistake long term, though. He the way he views it is that if we have a legitimate candidate like Dave running on the Mises caucus and the LP ticket, it's going to diminish the chances of a better than usual Republican getting in. My point to him would be this. We cannot have better than usual. We need a fucking amazing GOP candidate. Like yeah, if you want political power, and I agree with him, political power is a political game, and you gotta play political games and you gotta get your hands dirty and blah 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 blah. I understand all that, and I'm not even opposed to it at this point because it's dire enough that I'm willing to set my principles aside as an ANCAP and just be like, Yeah, I, I will I will get dirty, I will get in the mud, and I will fucking play modern American politics. So you try will
2: and- send police to the homeless people <laughs> in the parks.
0: <laughs> yes, people got very mad at me about that. Oh, um, they did yeah, listen, I mean, fuck them. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I would prefer to, uh, to have the police privatized, but in the meantime, with liability, I think it makes sense. Anyways, yeah, uh, yeah so uh, my, my point in all this, though, is that I think that though is right. However, it, it behooves him to have a strong Mises Caucus LP ticket because it'll force the GOP to be that much more liberty-oriented. It will force them to do that because if they don't, then we will not vote for them, and, and you will lose millions and millions of votes. That would have otherwise gone to the GOP candidate because the vast majority of libertarians, in my opinion, are right leaning like they want they want to go away from whatever the fuck this is. And right now, that's the alternative option. So I think that we can work together. I don't think that we need to be at odds with one another. And I like, Tho a lot. I've met him in person. We had drinks. He's a great guy. And he's he's whip smart. I mean, that dude is fucking smart. (laughs) And, And he is a he is a force to be reckoned with in the future. Um, I just hope that we can find a way to work together, as opposed to against each other. Because I think if you combine our brain power, we're far better off than if we uh, we become each other's, you know, antagonists.
2: Yeah, and Thone and I have talked quite a bit, but uh, my problem with the GOP route is that, as an auto mechanic, right? I've worked in dealerships now for almost ten years, so I know the GOP base. Very, very well. Probably better <laughs> than most guys who talk about it. And I'm not trying to bash anybody, but look, dude, my my whole family's boomer cons, right? I live in rural southwestern Pennsylvania, fucking There are <laughs> Trump signs that are bigger than my fucking house still <laughs> hanging out. I, I, I shit you I not. It. Yeah. I know these people very, very well. Um, I don't think they're quite as ready for the message of liberty as the GOP guys would think because a lot of them would still tell you the vaccine was great. A lot of them, even at work, still ask you if you have if you've been vaccinated. A lot of them said, you know, my job should be shut down because COVID like. These guys ain't quite your hands
0: off my off my Social Security. And and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with the trade war with China or any other country. Yeah, Well, and
2: and these guys would be the same ones that if you if Trump went out and said, hey, we're going to go to war with Iran and China tomorrow. These guys would put their boots on and wait on the side of Route 28 in yep. southwestern pennsylvania waiting for the bus to go pick them up so they could go start you know world war three with iran and china yeah. i i promise you i no, you're, you're I absolutely you, right these guys yeah. literally think that china's going to come over here and take us over they they they're yep. clueless and I, i'm not saying that to dog on them but dude that is the state and, and they're literally people saying that there were no wars under trump so <laughs> and i'm um, i swear to god I, I just had this conversation last week i'm not trying to rip on these people but if you think they're going to be the ones to bring about the Ron Paul revolution, you may be a tad mistaken. And yeah, let's get disappointed. I, yeah, I love all these guys dearly, but I, I, just, in my experience, I do not think that they're ready for Liberty, the same way that the libertarian party is. Now you could say a lot of the libertarian party is junk, but look, I think it's a lot easier to purge the libertarian party than it is to purge the GOP. That's
0: my opinion oh no that's that's a given i mean it's (laughs) just obviously a given the the only thing that those it so does have a good point on this Mm -hmm. that that the average lp member is also not a great ally i mean and i think that's honestly true i think there's a lot less yeah well well not not just that there's a lot less but i think there's a lot of fucking weird people in the lp right now and and like you know um that's not to besmirch them on the whole. I'm, I'm part of it, you know? So it's like, I'm not saying that and it's gotten better. It's gotten a lot better. Actually. I went to a meetup in San Diego like 15 years ago and I'm telling you, I couldn't relate to these people at all. Like they were just very strange to me. Um, so I'm hopeful that we can revolutionize this thing from the ground up, you know? And, and that's, what's necessary. Like it needs to be a really well-oiled fine-tuned third party. If it's going to have any political power whatsoever and, and I I'm okay with, 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 not the I hate using the term purge, but basically becoming so uh, so good on the things that we actually care about that the people that care about the fringe shit just kind of go like, oh, this isn't my thing anymore, and they just go away, uh, because ultimately, if they're if they're leading the charge on, you know, a bunch of woke shit, it's just it's just not what's important right now. Like if you if that's your focus, go be with the social justice people on the left. Like that's if that's really how you feel. Uh, I am. Very much interested in in benefiting every person rec- regardless of their skin color, class, creed, anything in America, and that's that's my goal. Is I want a party that does that. I don't want a party that's that's apologizing for my skin color and doing all sorts of weird shit like that. Like that's Tell people you don't have like to be it.
2: actively anti-racist.
0: Yeah, people don't like it. People people don't get it. They, in fact, those that that do get it understand that it's fucking evil and it's Marxist at its very roots. So like. On on all fronts, like, I want those people gone. I'm sorry. Like, if if that's, if if you've swallowed that bullshit line about how, you know, we're this deeply racist country that's irreparably harmed by the legacy of slavery, like, I can't fuck with you, man. Like I, I need, like that shit happened way before I was born and I'm pretty old now. So what are we even talking about? Like, let's, let's move forward. Like how about criminal justice reform? That will help some black people. It also helps some white people, but let's not focus on the skin color here. Let's just like, let's do the right thing. Let's do the liberty minded thing. Let's, and, and I think that that's uh that's the, the Mises caucus path really is like, they're just, they're just taking the Ron Paul movement and they're bringing it forward 12 years. Like that's all it is. So uh, I'm, I'm very optimistic that if, if we can continue on that trend, uh, God, things, things could be very different a couple of years from now. And it's, it's coming. I mean, the Reno thing, I'm going to go and vote for Angela to make sure she gets her chair spot. And from there, uh, I had her at my house and we talked for hours. She's, she's amazing and brilliant and whip smart too. So like, we've got some real, real wheelers and dealers to, to bring in here soon.
2: Nice. Yeah. Well, she's a total firebrand and I absolutely love it. And she has a awesome, taste in music. <laughs> I, I, I see she's into all sorts of death metal and yep, she talking about yep. Chuck Schuldner the other day. And I mean, I'm um, uh, yeah, I could talk about that for hours and hours <laughs> on end, but, um, you know, she, I think she will be the next chair of the party. And I think once she's there, it's going to be, you know, hold the fuck on because this party's really going to shake some shit up and it may not be, you know, what these, Woke libertarians want it to be, but it's going to be something. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I just I could not be more optimistic for the future. You know, things are still going to hurt, but I think it can get a lot better.
0: Yeah, oh, of course it could get a lot better. It's been it's been really bad. (laughs) So like, if it doesn't get better, I'm the fuck out of America. Like, point blank, I'm out of here if it doesn't get better. Um, but yeah, the the thing is like, at its core, libertarianism is anti-racism. I mean, because we we. We don't want to judge people based off their skin color. We reject we collectivism. People. Yeah, we're, we're against collectivism. And as Ron Paul said, it's like the most deprived version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's like, if, if you think that that's the biggest problem in this country right now, I can't relate to you. Like, I, I don't even know. I don't know how you're living. I don't know what you're going through. Like, we are existing in a totalitarian, dystopic nightmare. Like, that's what, we, that's what we've had for the past 18 months. If you think racism is your number one priority to remedy, or that you think the government can fix it, I don't understand you at all. Um, so those are the people that that hate my guts, and they think that I'm a racist because I don't make it my priority. Uh, but it's just not the case. It's just that my priorities don't lie there. And I don't think that it's a political thing that that can be remedied. I don't think that you change hearts and minds with political vehicles when it comes to whether or not they hate someone because they look different from them. I think it's fucking childish and nonsensical. And in fact, I think racism is propagated by, by uh, the government more than anything. I mean, you look at, at what they're doing with the unvaccinated right now, it's like, this is an entirely new version of racism. Um, you know, it's it's you can't see it. It's not the skin color, uh, but it's prejudicial and it's evil and it's just as collectivist and nonsensical and insane as anything I've ever experienced in my lifetime. And I think that you know, that that should be your priority. And and if you have to go into the statistics about how more black people are unvaccinated and that's why you want to make the vaccine passport uh, not happen. OK, <laughs> you know, like if that's yeah. the reason, fine, do it. Uh, but at the at the root of it, I just want it to be uh, beat down because it's not a libertarian. It's not a liberty oriented principle and we have to fight it with every, you know, every ounce of ourselves
2: right it's a it's essentially creates a caste system where you have a certain group of people who have rights and you know basic liberties to do what they want to do and another group that doesn't i had a friend that literally tweeted out uh oh we should just let the unvaccinated die and and i was like i i I can't believe i'm reading this this dude's younger than me he's like 25 and you're saying oh just let the unvaccinated die first of all majority of people who didn't get the vaccine ain't gonna die if they get covid hello yeah.
0: <laughs> my fiance I and i both. I like had... 99 plus percent of them will not yeah
2: <laughs> now do the vaccines have some mild effect that may make it less likely you're gonna end up in the hospital maybe yeah maybe it's it's, it's questionable at this point i used to it say is. look people who are overweight obese older unhealthy whatever they should probably go get vaccinated but at this point now i'm like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. know. I'm not a doctor, but to me, what I'm going to tell you is, Hey, you should probably do the best you can to create more robust health through diet, exercise, and sleep. That's my opinion. The vaccine doesn't seem to offer that much protection. We know that being healthier will probably give you a little bit more protection. So you might as well go that route. Certainly you're not going to hurt anything by trying to improve your health. The vaccine could hurt you. I'm not saying it it will, but I'm not saying
0: it it won't either. Yeah, but it definitely could. I mean, I, I'm, i have some real skin in the game here i have three parents my mom and my dad and my stepdad who married, who uh you know raised me yeah. and and they're all boomers you know the 61 68 68 and and they're in the borderline risk category like north of 70 is where you actually get into real danger but they're all in good shape they're all healthy and and you know active and none of them have like real serious underlying health conditions so i think that they're gonna be okay and you know they listen to my show they they talk to me about it and and i tell them like Look, do whatever you want. You know, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to tell you what to do, but, but please do it with your eyes open. You know, that's all I ask and don't do it because it gets mandated. You know, if, if you oppose it fundamentally stand on that principle and don't do it. If you want it, don't do it because it's mandated, but do it because you want to, you know? And, and I think that that's, that's fair advice. And I think that that's the important thing is like, even though I'm very, very anti-mandate, I'm not really an anti-vaxxer. at at its core, like I'm not. This vaccine in particular, I'm very concerned with. And I think that there's a far higher danger uh, prospect with it than anything that we've ever dealt with in the past. Uh, But even the things that we've dealt with in the past, some of them have been catastrophic. So if I think that this is potentially worse, yeah, I'm going to warn people about it. And I think I should have the right to warn people about it without being accused of being a fear-mongering alex jones conspiracy theorist is like i'm just telling the truth i'm reading a lot about this i'm studying it i'm researching it i'm trying to figure it out because you're forcing it into every man woman and now child's body across mm-hmm. the planet it's a busy it's a pretty fucking big deal like, like if you get it, if you get it wrong if this shit is dangerous and it, and it starts to like make people drop dead all over the planet that's hugely catastrophic and and you will have really violent revolutions because of it if people actually realize what's happened to them um so it's just like man i can't believe that this is a taboo subject that we can't talk about like it especially when i'm not like up there you know pushing some nonsense about it being na- nanoparticles magnetized and you know maybe all that's true i don't fucking know i'm just saying like i'm not saying that stuff like all i'm saying is there are some serious side effects that come with it the efficacy is not not as good as advertised like mandating it is principally against everything I believe in and that it shouldn't be mandated and that it could very likely lead towards a passport system which allows for a totalitarian state to to basically create a second-class citizenship and a caste system as you described it apartheid medical apartheid it's like I should be able to talk about that I should be able to talk about that there's no conspiracy theory there I'm just saying like this is what could come from that like the and and they talk about it openly there's countries across the planet uh that are doing it right now it's like i'm not i'm not picking this out of thin air and saying like wow what's what's happening like no, i'm saying like look at australia look at fucking australia like these these are very serious dystopic things that are happening right now and and we're not allowed to talk about it and i just think like as long as we're not allowed to talk about it i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely talk about it at that point you know well you know um
2: You talked about Spike Cohen a little bit earlier, but uh, he was one of the first people I interviewed for this podcast and him and I talked about the vaccines. And it's funny, over in Israel and the countries that they have high vaccination rates, you know why they have such high vaccination rates? Because they didn't lie. They didn't mandate it. They Mm -hmm. just said, hey, it's there. We don't know how efficacious it is. Take it if you want it. If you don't, don't. And you know what? That's awesome. I didn't know that. That's that's what he said. Once again, I don't I don't have the receipts. I believe him because i think spike's legit and oh I don't yeah thank sure you yeah um but it, there's something to that if
0: you don't lie to people
2: they trust you <laughs> shocker right.
0: so uh, well not, not just if you don't lie but also if you allow them to discuss it openly you know right. like like it has made me so so infinitely more skeptical of everything that's happening because i have to code everything i say on twitter and when i talk about the vaccine on my show i have to say the v And I have to like constantly try and circumvent these fucking censorship rules. when all I'm trying to do is get to the truth. Like that's all I'm interested in. I'm not interested in fucking like actually stopping people from getting the jab. Like, I don't give a fuck if you want to like do whatever you want, but I want to know the danger prospects, especially when it comes to me and my family and my friends and my listening audience, like the people that want to know if they should be doing it or not. It's like, if we can't talk about it, you have no excuse. You, I mean, it's human nature. You should be skeptical when someone tells you you can't talk about something. What do you want to do? Like same thing with the N word. Like,
2: yeah, <laughs> you, you, you want to press why, that button?
0: <laughs> why? Why do you think Gang is successful? Because we're, we're saying the things that you're not allowed to say. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, that, I mean, this is just like it's just fighting human nature. It's just bizarre that people are like they not only do they accept it, but a lot of them cheer it on, and they want it to be worse. And it's just like, man, the trajectory of things is so dark if we go down this path. Yeah, like, and. They, you create these fucking binary extremes where you have people literally saying if you like so much as
2: look at the vaccine you're gonna die and then you have other people literally like taking selfies getting a needle in their fucking arm it's like can't we just have like i hate to say this but like normalcy like you know if somebody gets it you say oh okay well that's cool and then if somebody doesn't get it you say oh well that's cool instead right. you literally have people saying oh you're gonna die and then you have yeah. other people saying you're gonna die if you don't get it like <laughs> wh- wh- why can we not just Only the government, only the U.S. government could fuck this up so bad and literally divide everybody on this. That's essentially what they've done. Because like I said, if they didn't make it so taboo, and such a big deal and tell everybody that you're going to lose your job and we're going to coerce you basically to get this vaccine, then nobody would care. But it's the fact that they're talking out of both sides of their mouths. You know, if you get it, then you don't have to wear a mask. And then, oh, well, two weeks later, you have to wear a mask. And then, oh, well, COVID, you know, this protects you 90% from COVID. You're never going to get COVID. Then it's, oh, well, you got to get a booster. And then they tell you natural immunity doesn't work. It's like they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to do the Donald Trump. They want to be able to celebrate all their losses and wins. Yeah, well, basically, it's not real socialism.
0: Yes. Well, and then, and then look at the, the other reasons for tremendous uh, skepticism. They don't have any liability. The vaccine companies have no liability. Exactly. And, and they got funded for the research on it. And they're partnered with the US government. These are facts. Like, that's a fucking truth right there. And, and, and we're not allowed to be like, uh, hello? You, wanna, you, you funded a product... You, you fast-tracked it, fast it, you did it in record time, it's a totally new technology, and you want to force us all to get it. Uh, excuse me. No. <laughs> like, like, on, and, and if it fucks me up, I can't sue anybody over it? Like, yeah. I mean, on all fronts, you just start to go like, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. And the, the crazy thing is, if it weren't mandated, I wouldn't have ever known that. I wouldn't have ever known that the government... Had partnered with them in the creation of the vaccines i wouldn't have known it because i wouldn't have cared because if it wasn't mandated i would have just been like well i'm not going to take it and anybody that wants to take it they can take it i don't give a shit and that's and that would have been the end of it and i would have gone back to talking about lockdowns or whatever else but they did so now i'm i am obligated to go what the fuck is happening (laughs) um and i just i don't know how people don't ask these questions it's just they seem so obvious to me nice man well um we've been going for quite a little bit here um in your everyday life, does it seem like people are kind of on the same page as you and that they share our optimism? I wouldn't say people share our optimism, um, you know, but in, in real life, I, most people I encounter, they're not mask zealots, but I'm in, granted, I'm in Florida now. When I was in San Diego, I would say it was about 50-50, you know, people were either afraid and at home, and I didn't really see those people, so I didn't interact with them, mm-hmm. um, but then, like, all of my, I played beach volleyball for a long time, and And all of those people came back out like as soon as they could, uh, because for a while they locked down the beaches and and we were all high five and no one wore masks. No one even asked about anything. A few people got covid over the year time frame. I was still there and and no one gave a shit and everyone was healthy and it was no big deal. Uh, So I think that it's you know, it's a mixed bag. And, and those people, the people that are like actually enjoying their lives and living freely, they still maintain a level of optimism about everything because, well, they're getting sun and exercise and they probably just feel better than the people that are scared to death and at home. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but there's, I mean, this is my concern is that there are a, a huge percentage of this country that are genuinely uh, terrorized by this. And, and we haven't really seen the repercussions there. Uh, so I don't know. You know, I, I think that I'm, I'm optimistic because the people that are are pushing back against this are the healthy, fit, educated, critical thinkers, and I think that those are the people that will ultimately win the day. Uh, but at this point, the the levers of power that are wielded by the government are controlled by the the fearful and the you know deranged, in my opinion. So it's a it's a fight, it's a battle, it's an important one, it's the most important one I've ever lived through for sure. Uh, but I'm I'm optimistic. I think that that really we we have the truth on our side. We have all of the merit. If there if there is such a thing as meritocracy left in this country, uh, I think that we will win the day. So nice. Well, yeah, <laughs> I
2: completely agree. And uh, just to kind of tap on there, it, it's very sad. And I've talked about it a lot in this podcast, but it, it's very sad when you see children outside by themselves wearing a mask because and someone argued with me you know oh well it's just a mask well it's not about the masks the fact that you indoctrinated children to think that they're a walking threat to everybody that is abhorrent yeah. i don't care who did it but you deserve to be pushed out in the public i'm not going to finish that but yeah yeah, you you, you well, deserve the worst for harming the children the adults. I agree, you should still, you know, there's, there's a lot of blame there, but like, look, when you harm children, these people, they don't have a choice in all this. They don't have a voice. We have to speak up for them. So when right. I see them being abused, I, there, there's nothing that infuriates me more because I plan to have a family. I plan to be a father one day. And if you ever teach my child that they're a walking threat just for existing, I, I, I won't get this video pulled, but I, I'm sure <laughs> I, I'll leave that one to the imagination. <laughs> no, I
0: mean your your points well taken and and this is why I, I had James Lindsay on last week is like it's not just the the propaganda when it comes to the vaccine and and masking and everything else covid hysteria that's concerning critical race theory your child will be th- taught that it is a threat because of how it was born you know like that's that's really what's happening it's not it's not just some right-wing conspiracy mongering nonsense like it really is happening and and that's why it has to be defeated on all fronts this Fearmongering, collectivization, you know, racism, which is what it is, uh, has to be beat down. And and your point about the children is exactly why I take this so seriously. Is like they're going to be our future, like it or not. And and they are not being able to see you know smiling faces. They're not being able to socialize with friends. Uh, I can't even imagine what the autism rates are, but I'd imagine they're skyrocketing because there's just so much so limited interaction for these children. Um, And then also even if they're not really on the spectrum, but just like emotionally stunted developmentally stunted and, and all across the board, not to mention the, the trauma that they're experiencing Um, you know, we're going to pay a price for a generation because of this. And, and this is why I fight tooth and nail every fucking day to try and end it and to try and make it so that it can never happen again, because what they did to these kids uh, you know, sacrificing the young for the old is unforgivable. And, and I think that anybody that, that, has a heart that has a brain knows it you know if they're if they aren't completely self-centered that aren't just focused on their own survival you have to understand that you you are taking a trade-off that is catastrophic and i'm grateful that so many people are starting to see the light on this let's just pray that you know the damage done already isn't so catastrophic we can't get over it
2: absolutely i uh i'm very much so hopeful that uh We can kind of, you know, course correct because there's nothing more tragic. Yeah, there's nothing more tragic than sacrificing, you know, any people at all, but especially the ones who are going to shape the, uh, you know, shape this country for years to come. And
0: And that's let's let's a real optimistic note. Those kids may become really radicalized anti status because of it because they they were like as they grow up and they hit Mm -hmm. their teen years and they realize like why am i dysfunctional like why why is why is the generation older than me um you know killing it and i'm all messed up and it's like maybe maybe if we are able to message to them in a way that actually reaches them they can realize like it's the state it's the lockdowns it's all this insanity that happened to me when i was a child and they might become you know very radical libertarian types so that that's maybe i'm hope being too hopeful but uh, i think there's a chance yeah. no dude i think
2: you're absolutely right and this is why I am, you know, such an advocate for, you know, men and stronger men and stronger fathers, because we can breed this kind of ideology into families. And that sounds kind of eugenicist, if you will. But really, what other option do we have than to raise people on these values? Because this is the most beautiful political philosophy that there is out there. It's consistent. And it's very easy for anybody to understand. I know you're a big fan of Austrian economics, as am I. And we didn't even talk about that. But, um, you know, it's to me, that's always been the most intuitive form of economics. But that being said, if we teach our children these values now then you know, who knows what this country will look like in 20 years. Granted, there's probably going to be a collapse. But what if when we start things over, we have all this technology and we have, a, you know, just a huge population of libertarians that love Austrian economics and understand this beautiful philosophy? Dude, we have no idea how excellent things can get. It would be like the founding of this country all over again, except for with the technology that we have today, uh, and-, and,
0: and and fundamental libertarian ideology, which you know, while we obviously stole a lot of that from the American Revolution and the the founding fathers, it also added to it. You know, we have we have the Austrian economics thing, which they didn't really have back then. They they were more conservative, and they certainly didn't want to have a big government, and that's Austrian in its own right. But um, there we have we have evolved past you know their thinking too, and if we can. If we can implement the best of what they had with the best of what we have, you're absolutely right. I mean, it it could be a a very bright future. God willing.
2: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think your show, hopefully my show, Reed's show, Dave's show, um, you know, all the other great guys doing great work out there right now. um, Hopefully everyone hears this for years to come. And hopefully they feel inspired to do the work that we're doing and, yep. you know, do work that's maybe better than ours or, you know, whatever exactly. and put out put this message out forward. So
0: we, we, we have no th- idea. We have no idea who the butterfly effect will be that, you know, listens to this right now and they could start their own show or their own movement or their own political campaign and be the catalyst for some real change in this country. And, and that's why I think that's why you and I do what we do is like that. I, I believe that there is reason for hope and optimism. And, uh, I hope that people, you know, are inspired. I hope that people go out and they actually make change because God, do we need it?
2: Absolutely. Well, you know, like you said, I think that's the reason why we do what we do. And hopefully someone hears this and, you know, if you are listening right now, um, reach out to us, tell us, you feel inspired and we'll do what we can to raise you up and help you get out there. Cause who knows, maybe that person will be the next Ron Paul, or maybe it'll just be the next person that, you know, history tells about for years to come. Exactly. So. I could be the of next better- Dave
0: Smith. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. Right. Um, I could think of a better note to end it on, man. Go ahead. Plug your stuff. We'll get rock and roll.
0: Cool. Uh, at Liberty Lock pod on Twitter, Liberty Lockdown on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, everywhere else. So just search for Liberty Lockdown. I am Clint Russell. You can also find me on Tower Gang Power Hour if you want to see my more humorous shit talking side. But uh, if you want more of the fiery Liberty side, go check out Liberty Lockdown. Thanks for having me, man.
2: Of course, and thank you for coming on. All right, everybody, this was In Liberty and Health. Thanks, everybody.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery.